0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to part two of the episode with Super Inspector's leadership team. Hopefully you got through part one. If not, go back and listen to it. I'll link to it in the description below. Um, But part two is super meaty and I love it. So we talked a lot about building leadership teams by investing in them and just how Super Inspector invests in them. And then we talked to their leader of their sales, sales and growth team to talk about how they connect with agents and how they grow their footprint by connecting with agents. Talk a little bit about their education division. Um, what else did we talk about? We talked about taking care of their clients over just relying on SOPs or covering their asses. Really great stuff there. Very practical advice from one of the biggest and best out there. So you'll love that part. And then more on their concierge service, just how they're doing it and, uh, and how it's really helping them get ahead. So hope you enjoy the episode and uh, we'll hear from everybody soon. Thanks. Blake, I want to hear from you on building up leaders because I just noticed even during this interview, you patiently sit back, you let everyone do their thing. And that's the sign of an amazing leader. Um, What time is spent or what special things have you done over the years to build up some of the leaders within your company?
1: So this goes back. um, I went through a a program there. There's a a franchise out there called LMI, which is leadership management Institute where uh, you know, Uh, the franchise owners are uh, business coaches and they put together programs and classes to train executives and uh, sales executives and so forth. So I went through one of their programs called effective personal productivity. And that was back in 2005, I believe. And uh, I developed a friendship with the owner of that franchise. Uh, His name is Joe Paul. And, uh, after that experience and through that friendship, then Angela went through his effective like selling strategies or skills uh, program. And then he invited us to be uh, guest participants in some of his classes after that. And uh, and then we started building Super Inspector and I, I didn't have much contact with him. But once we got to the point where we had um, our... Our divisions were becoming defined between services, operations, and growth. And we had some leadership in place. We started talking about, okay, we've got to develop leadership skills. So I called Joe and had a meeting with him. And I said, Joe, I, you know, this is what we've done. He didn't know anything about our business. And uh, he was like, man, that's impressive what you've got going so far. I think we had about 15 people on staff at that time. And uh, and I said, well, I need to do some leadership development. And uh, he said, great. I, he, he had moved on from LMI and, and developed some programs on his own. And uh, so he put together a program called the Productive Executive. And uh, so we all, all Angela and I, and the, the three other uh, division leaders all went through that program and it had a, a pretty profound impact on everybody. And then we decided, and we were involved with IEB at the same time. Um, I had just gotten involved with IEB. And we decided that uh, we needed to have ongoing coaching and development for everybody in our company. So we, we talked to Joe and we said, you know, what can we do just to make you a permanent member of our family here and um so we worked out an arrangement and uh he, joe is still with us he's still he's teaching our newest leaders through the productive executive program he is there for all of our team members if they're struggling with anything uh business-wise or even you know personally joe's a great guy to talk to to help you through personal issues as well And um, so he's always there and he comes to our, our weekly meetings. He comes to our monthly and quarterly and annual planning meetings. And he just kind of keeps everybody on track and offers suggestions, you know, when, well, you need to consider this, or maybe we ought to do this or a better way is that. And million, um,
2: that's it. Only 1 million.
1: Yeah. And he pushes us <laughs> to strive for more, you know, uh, I Love think that. The, first year, the first year we brought him on, we, we were doing our projections for the next year on how much annual revenue we thought we could uh, produce and uh, I think our goal is going to be three and a half million and he's like three and a half million you can do five million next year easy and uh, and th- that sounded outrageous to us at first but then when I, I just sat down with my spreadsheet which I love spreadsheets and I started saying okay, What does it take to do $5 million in revenue? Well, we have to have this many inspectors. If we have to have that many inspectors, then we have to have this many people answering the phones. We have to have this many people out there building relationships with realtors in the growth division. And I said, all we got to do is hire these people and get them on board. We should be able then to do 5 million people. So it became- yeah, 5 million revenue.
0: 5 million people eventually. Yeah, that'll come, <laughs> that'll come 5,
1: million <laughs> 5 million revenue. And so it, it became doable just, by, you know, for me, if I can see it in the numbers, then, you know, I, I feel like I can make it happen. And so, um, you know, that's what Joe's done for us. Uh, and then IEB, you know, the, uh, the uh, when I first went to IEB, um, I sat through one of the very, the second RGT, which is their rapid growth training. I went to the second one they ever had and down in Houston, November of 2017. And, um, you know, I told Angela, I said, well, maybe we ought to give this a try. I had looked at some of the other, um, coaching inspector coaching, uh, things out there, businesses out there. And I didn't really like the culture there uh we went to a we never went to any like inspection industry conferences or conventions We've not, or yeah anything. we never
2: belong to anything or been a part of anything we don't know anybody in the industry
0: yeah. so i'd say so. that's to you that might be to your benefit i think that that sometimes <laughs> is an advantage so let's be honest no
1: <laughs> so we did go to one in melbourne florida it was inspection fuel i think and just the um I don't know. I just, we were just met with a lot of arrogance, uh, by the people putting on the conference. And, uh, we did meet, uh, one person that we thought was awesome. And that was Ruben Saltzman. And we just met him at the bar one time. So if you know Ruben, he owns Structure Tech. He's just a great guy, uh, just a solid individual. And, uh, so we became friends with Ruben, but We never went back to another conference and we haven't (laughs) still haven't been to another than IEB. Uh, But in IEB, we found a community where we felt like our values were aligned. Um, You know, it wasn't all technical. It wasn't all gimmicky salesy kind of stuff. It was really about mindset philosophy. How do you drive yourself to be a better person? So then that makes your company better. And then how do you instill those values within your company? And uh, so that's really had a big impact and anytime we have somebody that we feel like we really need to do something to impact their mindset, we send them to RGT. And it just is uh, just amazing with, with Dirk and Greg. Um, you know, we can say it all day long, but when they hear it and, and you hear it in that group setting in person, the, the energy in the room just makes it way more impactful uh, in my opinion. And so uh, people, our, our team members that we've sent to RGT just come out of that with, man, I'm gonna be a better person, man, this is what I'm gonna do for personal development. I see now why you want me to do this and I've gotta be a bigger contributor and, and all those things come out of that. So uh, you know, IEB, IEB's had a big impact on our company as well. And, you know, one of the things I tell people when they when they ask about leadership development. um, I always ask, well, what are you doing right now for leadership development? Well, nothing. Well, do you have a business coach? Are you a member of IEB? Well, no, I just can't afford it. And uh, when I tell them how much we spend a month on leadership developments, which includes uh, our coach, Joe Paul, our IEB membership, our Bergflow membership, pivot ready teams and all that. I mean, we're spending over $10,000 a month uh, on leadership development, basically. And the the return on investment is just huge. So you've got to spend money on that stuff. Uh, It's not something that you can do on your own as the leader of a company. Uh, It takes takes a lot of people to, to really have an impact On your business
0: and it's very apparent just having met every single person on your team that i've met and uh and that's what i want inspectors to know is that it doesn't just happen overnight it takes investment it takes time we both have you know large teams and so i think yeah the ieb stuff it's to me is transformational having been in the industry before it and after it's kind of unbelievable and i i find myself looking forward to only those conferences and wanting to only go to I think I'm going to send people to RGT. GT. Um, I, I got with Dirk. I was like, can I start sending people? I'll pay for it. It doesn't matter. Um, I want to jump back to, to Ashley and get you off here. And Blake, thank you for sharing that. I think, I think that alone can help inspectors think about how they view leadership and how they view trying to inspire others and all the work that goes into it. Um, Actually, this growth team has grown, obviously. I'm curious what, goes into building those relationships. I want to get like very granular here in terms of meeting with an agent for the first time or getting coffee that the typical route is let's get coffee. Let me do a CE presentation and bring donuts or breakfast burritos or whatever. You guys always play on a different level. You guys are just on a whole different field. So I'm, uh, I'm curious kind of how you view those, those building those relationships and how it goes and kind of any objections maybe even that you do get.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I think when you're looking at, you know, sales within the real estate industry, you see a lot of like, let's go do a presentation. Let's go buy breakfast tacos and donuts. And I, you know, I spend a couple hundred dollars and I speak to you for a couple minutes and it's a done deal. Um, and we did that for a minute, you know, and what we found was that it was really ROI negative. It was a waste of time. It was a waste of money. It was, you know, um, and so why do we are kind of, Thought process around it was why do we need to bring the donuts? We can just call the agent. <laughs> why do we need this middleman that costs hundreds of dollars? Um, and so we kind of pivoted and started doing our marketing that way. Um, and I think from talking to a lot of other companies within IEB, um, what I see most is that people really take a sales approach sometimes to this and they're trying to set a meeting. With these agents, and they're going to you know, oversell their company, and they're doing a company dump here, where they're trying to just give everything about what we do. But the sweet spot really comes in with that relationship between that growth rep and the real estate agent. You know, when we're setting meetings, and I train all my growth reps on this, the intention of the meeting is not to let's tell everyone why Super Inspector is the best inspection company ever. You know. It's to make that relationship with them, find a connection, start building that trust, start building that rapport. And that's when they're going to start using you. And I always like to give this example. I have an agent who has been using us pretty much from the get-go um, in Austin. And for about, I mean, I think she knows now, but I think for about three years, she had no idea what the name of the company was that she was using, <laughs> she did not care she called my cell phone every time yeah. i would catch her into the office and, and so it really is important that trust right there and so we're you know we're really just doing making those phone calls and so if you're not trying to sell the business and you're just trying to set a meeting with this agent those objections are going to look a little bit differently and i was just on a call uh, with another um company in ieb last week talking about this um you're going to get asked a lot, why do you want to meet with me? Because people are not used to inspection companies calling and trying to meet with them. Right. Um, and I always bring it back to, because you're a successful real estate agent. Like, I'm not trying to sell my business to you. You know, I just, I want to meet with you. Maybe take some nuggets of why you're successful. I'm trying to get to know everyone within the real estate industry, you know, in my territory. And just, and they love it. Successful people want to help other people be successful.
0: And I can say this, maybe if you can't, successful agents love to talk about how successful they are too. So it's like if you if you do a little ego pandering, they'll always tell you, right? They'll always tell you how great they are and uh, and how you can help them. Right. Um, but no, that's great, and I'm sure I'm sure your vision for the team and the growth has even grown from here. And so I c- I can only imagine the scale and and scope of kind of what you're what you're after now. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, let's jump to the education side I wanted to make sure to get to that too because I think the school stuff super interesting uh, we we're in a fragmented industry when it comes to training obviously half the states in the U.S. don't have any state licensure at that level and it's kind of a, it's kind of wild wild west so how did you all first think and come to this and to say this is an area mm-hmm. we can we can attack
4: well so first it started with just the CEs and we were working with Real estate agents, right, and trying to just raise their understanding and pour value into them, and how they can leverage a greater understanding of what an inspection is about for the success of their clients. Um, But then, as we started growing and trying to train people, now that we wanted to get involved in the inspection, it's born out of the same spirit of how do we how do we help people? Well, we call it. I mean, we don't we say, how do we help them learn to do it the inspect super inspector way? Because anybody can go get their book knowledge and pass the state and local exams. And so we'll go get your knowledge, but then you got to learn how to apply that and how to build relationships and how to inspect beyond that. And that's what we're really focused on is that training. That's what we call the super inspector training academy. How do you learn to be an advanced inspector? Got it. You know, and you pay attention to a lot of communication. So, you know, we built a course. I need to talk to you about it, Kevin, on, you know, how to use Spectora because that's what we use. So,
0: mm-hmm.
4: you know, and then we do, how do you explain to a, a client how to navigate this report online? What does it mean? And here's these informational tabs. And so we have, I mean, we're dedicated to teaching. So they go through all that before they give the, you know, the verbal, the actual nuts and bolts. And we talk about how you do verbal presentation and stuff like that, how you expect, how you inspect something beyond the standards of practice. How do you exceed, you know, all expectations and and just what Blake was describing. You know, how how am I gonna give information to my client that matters? And that's what we try and
5: teach. That's what we're really about. We also, um, you know, the training for the inspectors, you know, in, in their training, they, they learn and come to understand that the most important thing they do during the course of an inspection during the day is to give that verbal report. Um, you know, to, to give that verbal report, to get the information to the client in a non threatening way, uh, to learn to read your client when you see that deer in the headlights look, um, you know, to, to back up a little bit and to speak to that fear uh, that the client has. So, you know, when I see uh, one of my clients when I was out in the field and I'd see one of my clients start getting that, that scared look, you know, just to back up and, and to be sensitive to that and say, look, you know, this house was built in 1984. This report would apply to every house on this street. This is nothing unusual, you know, uh, just to calm those fears down and uh, and to 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 defer to the realtor to say, you know, all this stuff is repairable. It's all negotiable. That's what you have a realtor for. And to, like you said, to, uh, to uh, go to that ego to say they're, you know, they're a great realtor. She's really good at what she does or he's really good at what he does. You know, this is not anything you need to worry about. We, we teach our inspectors that if they, if the client's halfway through the verbal report and throws their hands up and says, I'm not going to buy this house, you didn't do your job. Um, you know, when I was out in the field, the thing I loved the most was when my realtors quit coming to the verbal because they trusted me, they knew I wasn't going to blow their deal. And we teach our guys, you know, yeah, maybe there's a panel in the closet that's going to be $3,000 to move, but let the electrician come out and blow the deal. Don't you blow the deal. (laughs) uh, So that, you know, that's the most important thing we do is is gain the trust of our, our realtors.
0: Wait, you're telling me that uh, the size of the margins on the PDF isn't the most important thing. It's actually communicating with your clients. So amazing, right? right? I think yeah. every inspector <laughs> needs to hear this. Uh, if you well, guys I mean, created- that's our
4: model. So how, you, how do you teach an extremely customer client oriented inspection versus a, I know I'm covering my liability inspection?
0: I think if you guys aren't selling this yet, I think you could probably sell 5,000 courses a year to new inspectors on this. I think every new inspector in the industry needs to take a a class on this from you guys. So we'll, we'll pimp it out for you when you're ready uh, on that. Cause there's no training like this. And we always say that I joke about it, but I think there's no training on the verbal, the driveway speech, how to conduct yourself, how to be professional, how to deliver all this. And I think it would save a lot of inspectors. So I, I love that you guys are already ahead of this. And, and you know, Blake,
5: you know, when I first start, came on board, I had to do a hundred inspections with Blake. And and I was I felt like I was a pretty good inspector. I did a couple hundred inspections in that first year. Uh, but as I was going through the house with Blake the first couple of times, I mean, I just kept thinking, like, man, I hope I don't get sued. You know, I, I hadn't pointed out half the stuff this guy's looking <laughs> at, you know? uh, And and most of it was above and beyond the scope of the inspection, but, but, you know, where Blake was talking about other inspectors are fearful that that increases reliability, as far as I'm concerned, it decreases the liability, because you've gone above and beyond, you've shown the client the things that other inspectors aren't going to talk about or show them. Uh, And it just shows that you have a level of concern for this client that goes above and beyond just your job, you know, that that you're going to go above and beyond for the client. And, And that comes through. It's the power of
0: trust and loyalty. And you guys yeah. build that relationship so deeply. It's clear, like someone doesn't want to sue someone they really like and trust. It's just not going to happen, right?
1: You Kevin, hey, it's Kevin, really kind of... Of...
4: Go
1: ahead, Arie. I'm just going to kind of tie it back to the spirit of everything that we do on the education side. Uh, you know, my first foray into education was, I just saw that huge disconnect between what clients and agents expected from the inspection and what the inspector could actually delivered or going by the basic standards of practice was required to deliver. Uh, just for instance, I read a survey that actually I think, uh, I think Nathan Thornberry did uh, where they surveyed um, 30,000 home buyers and a couple of the questions really stuck out to me like Uh, The question was, do you expect your inspector to report the evidence of rodents in the attic? And 97% said yes, but yet there's no standards of practice that require that an inspector report that. And so when it it starts coming up, clients uh, move into a house, they find out there's a rodent infestation, they call a pest company, there's hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of work that needs to be done. And they call the inspector and say, "Why didn't you tell me this?" Right? It's happened to us. And uh, and the other was on environmental issues like mold and asbestos and radon. Same thing. Ninety-seven percent expect it, but very few inspectors deliver on that. And so I created an education. Uh, I started create first. I just created a couple of documents, flyers that I could hand out to agents talking about what the standards of practice are, why it's important to get a home inspection, how to prepare the house for inspection. Uh, And then we turned that into some continuing education for realtors, because we're just trying to rate it. We thought if we could educate the realtors, hopefully they will educate their clients. And then we follow up on that during the inspection. And so it would would put, put the proper expectation in place so that our clients weren't dissatisfied after the inspection that something came up. And then, of course, that also spurred us to continue to go above and beyond. We will report evidence of rodents in the attic if we see them. Yeah. And it's,
5: not just, a, it's not just if we see them. It's also now we're intentionally looking for it because we do know that the client's, also, you know, expect it. So just mentioning if you see it um, versus actually looking for it and bringing it up, uh, it makes all the difference. Absolutely. So you were you were
4: asking Kevin about you know Blake's uh, philosophy on leadership development. And a lot of what we're doing in education is related to that. So what has impressed me is one of one of Blake's core personal beliefs is the, the value of freedom. So he, well, that's why he pays people more, is he wants to give them the money and they have the freedom to apply that and change their life. And so what comes with that is this huge commitment that he has to decentralizing. How we operate as an organization, which becomes more and more and more struggle the bigger you get, because the temptation is to want to, to build processes and everything so that you can control quality, right? <clears throat> and um, but we resist to do that. And we so we preach principles, and that's what we're trying to do here is teach people how to inspect based on principles. And they apply differently in every buried condition that you're in, but it's all principles governed around customer relationship not liability centric and so it all relates and that's why you can sit back and just watch because it's that we just huge commitment to decentralizing everything and empowering people to make the decisions that's so scary it gets messy sometimes but that's the commitment to train
3: That's
0: one. That's wonderfully worded, though, Jeff. Because I believe most inspectors think empowering their team is creating a bunch of Google Docs that says what to do, that says how to do it, like them, as opposed to teaching principles. So I love how you worded that.
5: Yeah, and and you know, the, like Blake says, and and he he's very right about this. If you have those processes and procedures, and you have the policies in place, those things you usually become a crutch and an excuse not to do a good job. Wow. You know, well well, I don't have to do that Trek says i don't have to do that well, uh, yeah
0: i hear that yeah, every day you
5: follow the rules and and you suck at being an inspector because you're sticking to <laughs> the rules you know <laughs> you're not taking care of your client you're doing your minimum you know
0: it it's so refreshing to hear all of you say this because it's just not what the majority of our industry thinks they we they all go by the letter of the law and they don't pay attention to almost reality or what the clients actually saying to them or what the agents saying to them and so um, I think this will serve a lot of people while well listening to this. Yeah, L- no, you know,
5: we're, we're very intentional about it, too. I recently uh, worked with our operations manager to pull down all of our customer concerns that we've had this year and look for commonalities in it. And one of the things that rose to the top was uh, was the rodents in the attic thing uh, that, you know, we didn't see it because we weren't necessarily looking for it. We don't have to look for it according to Trek, but like Blake said, if the clients expect it, 97% expecting it, and then you don't do it, you failed your clients. You've missed their expectation. Um, So if you know they're expecting it, it's very easy just to take a few more seconds to look around the attic and look for that uh, problem. So it's, it's being responsive to what you know your clients want and providing that whether you have to or not.
0: So you all just do that included, that's not like a pest separate pest inspection or handled by that division. You guys include that, bundle that in, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, we expect our inspectors to, uh, when they're in the attic to look around and and report if they see any evidence. Um, And then we do off, uh, we also own a pest control business. So we do offer as an add-on service, a full pest evaluation of the whole house. And we also include with our basic inspection, a uh, termite inspection with a wood destroying insect report. Got it.
0: How a lot of smaller companies are considering spinning off a division or creating pests, creating a risk separate rate on mitigation company. How did you all handle the the typical basic response of, well, I don't want there to appear to be a conflict of interest. It's kind of like a standards of practice thing again, right? Where they worry about this thing that could be busted through with communication and transparency how did you all kind of think about that when you created these other companies you are know,
2: assuming that we think a lot we
1: don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's really it's it really strange to me that every other industry and you know around sends a technician out to do an inspection for pests or for a plumbing problem or an electrical problem, anything, and that person then gives them an estimate for repairs and will do the repair work. But inspectors are not allowed to do that. There's a <laughs> conflict of interest. Well, there's 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 that conflict is always there. So you know we don't our inspectors do not sell repairs and they don't do repairs. Uh, so those are all done by other people within our company. Um, and so we keep the inspector separate from that. They will report defects, but they don't then um, call our pest company and say, hey, I found termites over here. You need to call this person and, and let's you know, try to sell this and I get a commission. So that's, that's, that doesn't happen. The inspector reports it. If the client, uh, then our, our concierge will contact them and say, is there anything we can help you with? And they say, yeah, the house has termites. Great. Our pest company can give you an estimate and go out and do that. So we try to be very respectful of that line uh, and keep our our inspectors uh, uh, out of that so that there's no uh, appearance of impropriety, I guess.
6: We don't, I mean, maybe since we started concierge, I've had one agent ask about it. It's really not something that people have complained or brought up to us multiple times. It's not an objection that I even consider on a daily basis. And we even have had clients say, you have access to my inspection report, right? Great, I want everything fixed. (laughs) And we just go and we get all, okay, the electrician's coming this day, the plumber's coming this day. They'll give you an... the the plumber will send us the estimate we'll tell them how much it's going to be and then we'll bundle it all together and this is how much will be to get everything fixed so it's actually kind of the opposite they like that we are available for to be that resource for them and we even do cost estimates like our handyman and renovations division does it and they guarantee the prices so if they want them to fix it then they can so we actually have only ever had that come up once or twice where people have thought it was shady. So it's actually been a benefit rather than a negative.
1: People don't care. We offer, the, uh, we offer repair cost estimates as a add-on service to the inspection. So if uh, somebody orders an inspection, they can choose to get repair cost estimates with the inspection and we charge for that. And But the inspector doesn't do it. The, uh, our handyman renovation company uh, produces and provides those estimates.
6: I will say the person who does the estimates, she is a licensed home inspector. She doesn't do any inspections for super inspectors. She actually used to, um, but we moved her over to the handyman and renovation side. So um, a lot of people on that side are licensed home inspectors and that does help a lot because they know what they're looking at.
4: Yeah. And we're trying to add value to the, the client, right? Extreme ways. So they, Concierge talked about they handle when people are in their option period, they're handled differently than when they actually assume ownership of the home. So we're not trying to monetize every single thing in the option period. We'll just help you. We'll just help. So it helps separate that unbiasedness, You know, like our inspectors found this, we're just helping you find a solution. We don't worry about monetizing it. But then it just does, you're looking to build long term relationships. So who are they going to call when they move into the house and find five more things they want fixed? because you just helped them in those 30 days.
0: I love how practical mm-hmm. you all are, first of all, because for one, I think every other industry in the world works this way. And two, people need to quit feeling bad about providing value, even if it is within your company. And so I, yeah, say Spector had a call center and an inspector said, hey, do you guys have, a, do you guys have call center integrations? So, yeah we have one we happen to own it but you can check out these other options see if we're the best compare it do whatever um and so i love how you all just almost unapologetically say we're going to add value and communicate simple um i want to respect everyone's time here we're, we got can we go for another 10 minutes Has everyone got another 10 minutes okay good so we can break this up into two parts i think this will be this will be good jeff did you have something to follow up on that no i'm good. Okay. Well, we're, uh, what excites you all? I want to hear from you all. I've been asking the questions. What, what's something I didn't ask that one of you wanted to get out there or uh, something going on in the industry? Anything that, that we could just bounce or riff on?
2: Uh, well, I'm kind of excited that... Okay, well, first, I'll back up. I am probably the one that... Uh, Blake is the visionary, and I, I feel like maybe more of the integrator. And so when he has all these big, grand ideas, my first thought typically is, ah, no.
6: <laughs> <laughs> but you see the list of things that need to be done.
1: Yeah. How
0: are we going to do all this? Hell,
2: like, ah. And and so I don't know if it was a couple years ago we were talking about um, uh, opening in Houston and, and possibly Oklahoma City. And and. My first thought is Oklahoma City, because it's closer and um, to where we are here in Denton, it's only a couple hours, Houston's five hours. But we just, we just booked our first inspection in Oklahoma City. We just, we have, uh, we're opening in Oklahoma City. And it's, it's actually kind of fun and, and exciting because that's our home state. So I grew up in Oklahoma, Blake grew up in Oklahoma. <sighs>
0: That's so we're,
2: we're gonna be in our home state so that's kind of exciting to me
0: that's awesome congrats on that i think that's that alone i think just announcing that and putting that out there um you know will yield great things for you
5: thank you yeah, the, for me the most exciting thing is just the innovation um you know we we want to be innovative you know in the technology we use in in our approach to customer service and the way that we do inspections so it, it's fun being on the front lines of changing an industry. And, and that's really what we're doing. Um, but the, the, the thing that's exciting for me is that we, we read a book called The Infinite Game. And uh, if you look at it from that perspective, and, and in that book, it says that the reward is to be able to come back and play the game tomorrow. You know, So when you, when you have that mind shift, that, okay, what can I do to ensure that we play this game again tomorrow? Uh, and and you approach business from that perspective that's it's it's game changing and it it will change the industry given time because the the industry will have no choice but to change uh, if they want to compete Um, so just to go in and set the standards the new standards of what this uh, what this business looks like is really exciting
0: you guys are a force of nature absolutely changing an industry and the way people think i think it's amazing
3: I think for me, um, what I'm most excited about is, you know, one, and I think these two tie in together, one, looking at all of this expansion that we're about to be doing, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is like 50 city plan. And in the next couple of years, we're going to look back and we're going to be like, this is a completely different company. I am so, like, I am a junkie for like grind culture. So knowing that this is like coming, I'm like, oh, I just get so excited thinking about it. But two, and it ties in with that because of that expansion, we're really able to take the people that are with us now and then take new people that we don't even know yet and just really completely change their lives, you know? And so Blake and Angel are such big proponents of like, you know, giving second chances. You don't have to have like the perfect professional background to come on with us. Like, do you have a good personality? Are you ready to go out and have a yes mindset? Great, you know, come on board. Um, and so I love getting to watch like, and I've already started to see it as we grow. And as we create these new positions, everyone's lives are changing. And I love that. I think that's that's probably like the thing for me.
0: That's cool. Scale, culture, changing people's lives. It, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, uh,
6: gosh, I stole my answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess how, Delta, from your vantage point though, you're seeing it at like a different phase of life, obviously, but how are you, I guess, uh, how are you seeing the company evolve and grow with like even who you guys bring in? And are you involved in kind of helping craft that culture? I'm sure you are within the concierge group, right? Of just how you guys do things over there.
6: Um, well, I think kind of like what Ashley said, it is really exciting to get to see the people that we, that fall into our lap or that other people bring in and we can create these opportunities for them. And and it makes me get emotional every time when I think about it. Um, And just the idea that we're going to create, not just that we're expanding in other cities, but also going deep in, we're not stopping at pests and handyman and renovations. Our team is going to grow to moving our own insurance. We just Start. We totally forgot. We started our own utilities division. Um, <laughs> we actually have eight, I guess. <laughs> um, and just the amount of talent that we're gonna find, and and I was when they were talking about interviewing. I think it actually helped to be a novice at it because all I watched them do was listen. That's really what it was: is just listening to people. And asking them questions. Tell me more about that. Explain this, or why do you think that happened, or how has that changed your life? Rather than most interviews you walk into, it's tell me about a time you had a conflict
1: with a supervisor.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we use some of that too. <laughs> but we get to know them first, so I'm I'm excited to watch how the culture will stay instilled in the people that we bring on and that's something that is is difficult to to keep in in growing the multiple sides of the business and making sure that super concierges culture is the same as super inspectors and you were right when you said it doesn't happen overnight and mistakes have definitely been made bad hires have been made but we're just going to try our best to Stick to that culture and ask questions and listen. I hope that answered the
0: question. (laughs) 100%. It gets exponentially harder, right? When each of you maybe don't have direct contact with everybody underneath you or kind of that reports to you. And that gets scary, right? Where you're like, are there bad apples kind of just festering in there and and kind of creating poor culture? But um, yeah, 100%. Um, Jeff, I'll, I'll, go to you and then I'll, I'll finish with Angela and Blake. Uh, what's, what's interesting on your horizon is all education. You know, it's just, a
4: lot of it's just the people, right. That you meet along the way and the opportunity you create in their lives. So, you know, we create a goal in the future for a thousand inspections, let's say in Oklahoma city, Well, it's not just thousand inspections that equals not so much number of dollars. It's you an inspector's doing that job. There's somebody in Oklahoma city. That's not a part of super inspector right now who will find and it will change their life moving from one vocation to this. It will totally change the trajectory of their life and their family from here on forward. And the thousand inspections aren't just a thousand inspections, it's a thousand homes that families will grow up in and young kids will become doctors, lawyers, and all that. So it's just building all those relationships and being excited about that. And I just find people, I love enjoying and teaching classes and running into inspectors and you know learning from them and sharing life stories and all that and again trying to out pour some value into their lives and helping them see how to do it a little bit better it's just all exciting it's the people really it's a whole
5: journey yes, this is I to jump into that real quick um, yeah you know jeff teaches these classes and i've gotten so many recruits from these classes because they see they see jeff they see his passion for what he's doing um, he he talks about super inspector and our culture, and that's attractive. Um, we've hired people that have gone through Jeff's class, um, so just to to get out there and project this culture and this uh, and just this excitement about the company that you're working for is attractive to uh, other people. Okay.
0: I think it's taken 78 episodes or however many we're on. But Jeff, like I just felt the makings of tears while like starting to feel like my eyes water over that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm about to cry out here. Um,
6: Between oh, this one and Jeff, I'm surprised. <laughs>
5: Jeff
6: not falling
5: yet. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm an old Marine and I tear up sometimes too, just talking about what we're doing. I mean, it, it does become part of who you are. It's a very emotional thing. Uh, it's like watching your own kid grow up and getting yeah. better, you know?
6: And taking bets.
0: that's the beauty of mission and vision and purpose and all these things that most inspectors think are fluffy right they, they want to look at the scoreboard and I think we only mentioned money once or twice or numbers or metrics like that's all a byproduct right that's kind of the cliche saying is that that all just kind of happens and the scoreboard just, you know goes up on its own when we're talking about all these other things that I think are, are what life and business is about right. Um, how do you all stay connected as a team? That's, that's kind of one of my final questions and Blake and Angel, I'll let you guys finish it out. Um, cause you're spread out, right? You're distributed among many cities, soon to be more cities. How do you communicate? When do you meet in person? How does that all work?
6: It's very important to her. That's <laughs> <to> my point. <laughs> yes. Um,
2: well, except for Ashley, we all are in the office, every uh, pretty much all the time. Um, okay. it is important to me that, that, um, we are connected and we, so many things that really go into this, but um, uh, not just as a leadership team. Gosh, how many times do we meet a week? And Ashley is there on Zoom, or if it's quarterly meeting, uh, uh, leadership or planning or something, then she's there in person. Um, we, uh, we, We call them kind of like family days or family activities too, but um, we make sure that like for here, it is getting much harder. (laughs) So for Dallas-Fort Worth, we have a lake day in the summer at Donnie's and we go out, he has a lake, his main residence is (laughs) at the lake. And um, so we ride jet skis and we have a cookout and we get together and then we go down to Austin and and we invite all of them, uh, all of them. San Antonio, Austin uh, uh, inspectors, and our Houston now our Houston team to, to float the river together. We spend a weekend together, oh. and we eat all that expense, right? So not only are we putting this event on, but they're not working. <laughs> so okay. so uh, I mean, we have a lot of lost revenue, but that's okay because we're making investments in um, in our family, basically. Um, We do lots of team trainings, um, quarterly team meetings, not so much training. It used to be training in our dining room. We used to meet once a month uh, and Blake would do the technical side and I would do something fun, like build a house out of hot dogs and spaghetti noodles. (laughs) But uh, uh, So now it's more just about teamwork and mindset. Mm -hmm. on our quarterly trainings and it we outgrow our uh venues like every quarter you know we've hired over 50 people this year alone and so um uh we i'm struggling to find the right place um for our next team meeting at the end of september
0: you'll be renting out the lakeway resort for just for just super instructor
2: (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) That sounds fabulous, but the dollar signs are also in the back of my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. What would
2: you add to that?
1: Well, just what I see exciting. I mean, just seeing our organization and, uh, grow and find ways to stay connected as we grow. So one of one of the most exciting things we've done this month is we're hiring so many people that orientation and onboarding became. We were doing one on one, and it just became overwhelming for our our two-person HR department. And so we started this month group orientation. And so we bring all, uh, every two weeks, we have an orientation day and we bring all the new hire, the recent new hires in-
2: No matter as where they
1: group. are. a group. Yeah, so they come from Houston or Austin or Oklahoma City um, or, or San Antonio or Dallas, wherever. And so our first group orientation, we had 11 new hires and, just the the day, the morning when we were getting ready for that, everybody in the office building was so excited, and it was just brought a lot of energy. And they got to meet all the new people and all the all the leadership of the company. And we tell them about our origin story and our mission, vision, values. And this last one we did, we had five, and and Jeff uh, uh, did a presentation on our culture and values. It was just amazing. And uh, yeah, and <laughs> I, uh, I should have videoed it so just house. seeing the organization mature in that way is very exciting. Uh, I, I'm also excited about, you know, what, what technology is on the horizon for the industry. Uh, so, you know, we're trying to, to stay ahead of that as much as we can. Uh, you know, Spectora, of course, is kind of Helped push the technology forward some, but I still feel like technology in the industry is, is way behind where it could be with what's available out there. So we're, we keep our eyes on the horizon for for new technology that can that can transform the industry. And uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, you know, we're we're experimenting with some different technologies that we've come across. Um, you know, it's not there yet as far as something that would create like a virtual inspection or something like that, but it's coming, it's out there. And so, you know, that's something that that's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah. That the tech side definitely excites us as well. Thinking about, you know, what the, the matter ports of the world and just what could be done with everything. And, and there's probably things we haven't even thought of yet that are going to transform our industry in the next five years. And so exciting to hear that you all are in the forefront of that. Um,
4: hey, Kevin, uh, I just want to say real quick that, I wanna give you props, Inspectora. I mean, literally, it has given a lot of our inspectors their life back.
2: And that, that was important that to us.
4: I mean, they're yeah. able to go to their kids' baseball games and all that again, where they couldn't before. Yeah, we, we used um, to use, I'm It's sorry, just again. a game changer. And so in mean, your guys' commitment to innovation, we can send something up the stream and, y'all, and in two months or so, three weeks, three months, you see it applied. You know, it's just y'all's quest and thirst to make it better all the time. How easy it is to build templates that so we can build a, create a quality product for our clients. It's amazing. Great company. I appreciate you so much.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And there's a reason why I think we, we came to find each other. And I think why we're connecting with other, you know, IEB companies. So I think the values align and the hunger to continue to be better. Um, we never put out stuff as fast as I want. Of course, I'm probably the unrealistic visionary too, where I'm just like, why can't we get this out? And then the team's like, dude, This is a very difficult feature, but I think working, I think the partnerships with the companies in the industry that see the future, see what's on the horizon, and then understand the bigger picture and how it can impact, like say the biggest and best in IEB, we're really, we're like laser focused on a lot of those features. And we have those conversations every day. And uh, yeah, just like you guys have with your clients, it's like, we, we commit to having those conversations to just better the industry, but you to give you tools. To kind of help you guys with your mission, Donnie, you were going to jump in.
5: No, that's okay. Um, I was just going to add something to what uh, Jeff said, but I don't remember now. So,
0: all right. Well, let's wrap here. This is already amazing. This has been amazing. I think you all are wonderful, wonderful humans. Thank you for taking an hour and a half to kind of share the story i hope we hit everything we may have to do a part two who knows we can pick topics and just uh and make this a revolving or recurring thing if you guys want but absolutely um, but thank you so much such an inspiring story you guys push us to be better um you know every time i get around you all in a, by extension the ieb crowd um i come away just on fire just ready to do a million things so thank you for that and uh you guys keep keep changing the world
4: thank Real you thank
0: you Sharon. all right Thanks, everybody.